Jenny Casson. Today's guest is the president of the Casson Group, which provides legal services, coaching, and community support, including help with crowdfunding, for mission-driven entrepreneurs. She'll be speaking at SuperCrowd 22 in September. She'll also share insights about her superpower. I'm your host, Devin Thorpe. Welcome to the Superpowers for Good show. Jenny, thanks so much for joining me for this conversation. I'm just thrilled to have this opportunity to catch up with you again. Me too. Well, uh, you do some of the just the coolest, best work in the world. And so whenever I get a chance to visit with you, I love to take advantage of the opportunity. But um, I love just saying the words, Yale-trained lawyer. Uh, <laughs> it's like one of my favorite phrases, Uh I know so few. Uh, well, do I know any others? I, maybe you're the only one I know. So I love, I love reminding people about your Yale Law degree. But um, you are focus a lot of your time and energy on helping entrepreneurs, many of them underserved, many women, uh, to be more successful as entrepreneurs, raising capital and otherwise. Tell us a little bit about your practice. At Jenny, your Jenny Cassin, JennyCasson.com practice. Yes. Yes. So I started my law firm in 2015, and it is now called the Casson Group. Uh, it grew to, I now have two other attorneys that work with me. I have a wonderful operations team. And so what we've really grown into is a full service law firm slash consulting slash coaching firm that supports entrepreneurs in their efforts to raise money for their business in a way that really allows them to stay true to their mission, goals, and values. So very outside the box, very customized. So every single client we work with, we customize the, the approach to their particular goals, values, situation. You know, Our clients are very diverse in terms of what they can realistically offer to investors what it is about what they're doing that's going to be attractive to investors, who, what type of investors will be attracted to what they're offering. So we really try to throw everything into the mix and, and have a lot of community support as well. In fact, we even have opportunities for them to present to potential investors. And, you know, we didn't start out like this. Now that I've been doing this for seven years, over the years, I've learned how many different pieces to the puzzle need to be in place for someone to successfully raise money. So we've just kind of continually added more tools to the toolbox and different kinds of support and it's a it's beautiful to watch our clients uh, successfully raise money everywhere from a few hundred thousand to a few million, um, and do it on their own terms. That is uh, really uh, just an incredibly valuable work that you're doing uh, for people. Uh, tell us a little bit about the entrepreneurs you're helping. Uh, maybe there's some you can call out by name. Uh, maybe others you can just describe in more anonymized ways, but tell us a little bit about the entrepreneurs you help. So we learn uh, who are the typical clients, the best clients, uh, and the sorts of people you're helping. Yeah. 
they're quite diverse. They're really our main criteria when we're deciding if it's a good fit for us to work with someone is whether they are very passionately mission-driven in what they're doing in their business. And that can be so many different things. So for example, we might have a client who has a restaurant and they're really passionate about using the highest quality ingredients, sourcing from local farmers, treating their workers really well, and building a legacy of wealth for their family. So that would be one type of a mission-driven business. Then we have, for example, we have a client right now that's actually a nonprofit arts organization in Chicago that even though they're a nonprofit, they are generating revenue because they are going to be leasing out a building. And so because of that, they're able to offer an investment opportunity to investors. But their mission is to have affordable space for artists in the Chicago neighborhood. Um, You know, there's businesses that are tech startups, um, which often, you know, a tech startup is the type of business that often will go for, you know, venture capital style funding. But we get tech startups coming to us that are familiar with the VC model and don't really want to be a part of it because they want to be very mission driven in how they run their tech startup. They want to make sure that they can put all stakeholders uh, in the mix when they're trying to decide, you know, who is most important that we take good care of in our business. And unfortunately, with the Silicon Valley model, often you have to sacrifice things that are important for your users or your workers in order to satisfy your investors. I was just reading how there's been mass layoffs right now in some some big Silicon Valley tech startups. And of course, that's driven by the investors push to just always focus number one on, you know, make us as much money as possible as quickly as possible. So really any type of business, often they are founded by women, people of color, people from parts of the country that are often underrepresented in the world of, of uh, entrepreneurship, funded entrepreneurs. Um, so yeah, we're very open. And uh, we just when we when we meet an entrepreneur that is trying to make the world a better place and have a successful business, we know that they're the kinds of people we want to help. Yeah, that's fantastic. Last month, I had the opportunity to visit with your business partner, Michelle Timish. And and Michelle is your part. I, I think she not only is one of the lawyers on your team there, but she's also your partner in uh, Crowdfund Main Street, uh, Angels of Main Street and Opportunity Main Street. Uh, You know, together you two are doing some amazing work and we had an opportunity to talk to her a little bit about that. I want to drill down a little bit. Uh, First, let's talk about Crowdfund Main Street. Uh, It's um, a FINRA regulated portal. Um, And so some of your law firm clients uh, do raise money on the portal sometimes, right? Yes. So tell us a little bit about Crowdfund Main Street, just to keep everyone fresh in the game here. Yeah, well, I just want to share that um, I was very lucky to meet Michelle because uh, back in 2010, I was working with another lawyer named Janelle Orsi, and we started a nonprofit called Sustainable Economies Law Center. And one of the first things I did out of that nonprofit was to... uh, write a petition to the Securities and Exchange Commission to ask for a change in the law to make it easier for regular folks to invest in businesses that they love and care about. Because under securities law, it's 
a little bit complicated sometimes to do that. Um, and amazingly enough, in 2012, the Jobs Act passed. I got to go to the signing ceremony at the White House. It was just incredible that we wrote that petition and kind of this movement built around getting this new legislation passed. So the law passed that allowed people, it, it created this crowdfunding exemption at the federal level to make it easier for regular folks to invest in businesses that they care about. And it took four years for the rules to go into effect. And I know you know all of this, but some of your listeners may not. Right. Um, and so the rules finally went into effect in 2016. And then I was so excited because finally my clients could, and I could, in fact, I even, um, right after the rules went into effect, I raised money on one of the platforms. But my concern was that I wasn't seeing any of the platforms that started to come out be really aligned with what with the whole reason I did that in the first place, which was to support Main Street style businesses. And when I say Main Street style businesses, I don't necessarily just mean kind of like brick and mortar mom and pop shops. I really mean businesses that are all about contributing to their community, doing good in the world, and not necessarily on that high growth path where all, you know, the main goal is just let's make sure our investors get rich as quickly as possible. So thank goodness at that time I met Michelle and she was wanting to start a platform, which I, you know, I never would have wanted to do that myself. It's very difficult, <laughs> but she really wanted to do it. And so I became her lawyer to start that, the platform, Crowdfund Main Street. And then we hit it off so well that she invited me to be a co-founder. And so I'm just so grateful that we do have this platform, Crowdfund Main Street, that I can really rely on to have the, you know, be very values aligned in terms of the type of clients we work with. And then also very, very committed to doing things correctly from a legal perspective, because Michelle is a lawyer. <laughs> so yeah, so I absolutely love Crowdfund Main Street. Uh, I'm very grateful it exists. And uh, together you're working on another uh, really amazing project that I'm still just trying to fully comprehend and understand, but you two uh, were both based in the Bay Area and Michelle up and moved to Baltimore for this one, right? So you created this Opportunity Main Street. Tell us about what you're doing in Baltimore. Yeah. So uh, Michelle and I, you know, we've worked with so many entrepreneurs to try to raise money using the crowdfunding tool. And unfortunately, to be honest, we've seen some, uh, people not be successful. We've had some amazing successes, but honestly, the success rate hasn't been really great. And then if you look at the data, you know, we are seeing that um, even though the success rate is higher than in other forms of capital raising, you know, women and people of color are actually raising a lot less. On average, I think the average is something like $45,000. You know, it's just, we're not seeing the level of success we hoped. We hoped that when the law went into effect, all of a sudden, all this money would pour into these businesses that we care about. And unfortunately, that didn't quite happen. It hasn't been as easy as we hoped. So our, our belief is that if we um, create a place-based, like a physical location, an actual building where people can meet each other and get to know each other. Because as you know, the adage change moves at the speed of trust. People are not going to just take, you know, even if it's only $100 or $500, most people are just not comfortable investing in a business 
on these new platforms. It's very new. It's very unfamiliar. But if you go to a physical location in your community and get to know the entrepreneurs, sample their products, you know, maybe meet them a few times, hang out at the building, have a glass of wine with them in the evening, you are so much more likely to invest. So that's, we decided to do it in Baltimore because uh, honestly, the real estate prices are, were reasonable. Um, and we love Baltimore. It's like it's such an amazing city. It's a very entrepreneurial city. And so we were able to buy this gorgeous historic building downtown. And it has a beautiful space on the ground floor where we can host all kinds of events, have a commercial kitchen, have a retail space, a cafe. Um, and the whole mission is to have a physical location where people can meet each other face to face because we just believe like we're humans, you know, human beings evolved for millennia to grow in trust with each other by getting to know each other face to face. So. That's what we're working on in Baltimore. We were, we're raising money ourselves to do this project. Um, I have raised, this is my fifth time raising money from investors. And part of the reason I love to raise money from investors is so that I learn all the, you know, all the things that happen when you're raising money because it helped, it lets me help my clients better. I can really be in their shoes. I know how challenging it can be at times. And so we are, our goal is to raise 1.3 million for the project. We've raised about half of that. We were able to buy the building and now we're trying to finish our race so that we can actually uh, build, do the renovations of the building so we can start uh, generating revenue from it. And we're offering both a debt and an equity option. We found some some people would rather invest in a debt instrument. Some people would rather get equity. Of course, the equity has a higher potential upside, but a little bit more risk. Um, the debt pays a 7% interest rate. The equity has a project, projected return of 13%. Um, and so we're finding people are, you know, we're definitely finding some people are more drawn to one than the other. Some people are doing half and half. <laughs> and so, yeah, and the offering is only open to accredited investors, unfortunately. So you do have to have a minimum level of wealth or income. But, you know, it's just been a wonderful experience raising the money. And it really does kind of... Um, it does prove the model that we have been advocating for our clients because we really advocate being very creative about who your potential investors are. So almost everyone who has invested in Opportunity Main Street, our Baltimore project, is not someone that would ever really self-identify as an investor. You know, they're people with all different mm -hmm. kinds of jobs and backgrounds and experiences. They're not professional investors. But they love the opportunity to invest in a, in something like this, and that's and we really believe that's a great source of investors. Is <laughs> going to those yeah. people. It, according to my calculations, ninety nine point seven percent of the investors in our country are not professional investors; they're just regular folks who maybe yeah. have never before invested outside of Wall Street. And those are the people we go to, and and we've already raised you know several hundred thousand dollars that way. Oh, that's fantastic. It's fantastic. This is an exciting project. Um, how have you gone about, what have been some of the tactics you've used for raising money? I ask because I know the entrepreneurs listening will want to see what <laughs> smart people do to raise money. Yeah. I mean, we do have a six-step process that we go through to design a fundraising strategy, which I wrote about in my book, Raise Capital on Your Own Terms. Um, but basically, it's all about figuring out what to offer, 
you know, what is it that's going to be a good offering for your goals and values, but also will be attractive to your ideal investors. And then, um, you know, figuring out who your ideal investors are. And that's very, it's, you never know. I mean, it's, um, I've been very surprised at some of the people who have invested. And so my belief, the key is that you just keep reaching out, keep reaching out, tell everyone you can think of, tell them a few times, you know, ask as many people as you can. And of course there are some regulations. You have to make sure you're in compliance with the law, but, um, I've just found that if you just stay persistent and keep reaching out, keep telling people about it, eventually you will start to find people who are interested. And sometimes, like I said, it can be a big surprise. I mean, one of my biggest investors was someone that I never would have expected would have been interested, but she heard about it somehow and she ended up contacting me and saying she wanted to invest. Yeah, that's great. Jenny, you've done amazing things. Uh, and good things, right? So much of what you do is good to people, uh, and I'm grateful. That's that's why I, I love knowing you so so much because you're all about doing good. What is your superpower? <laughs> um, I think probably one of my biggest superpowers is seeing the potential that exists in people, you know, just seeing the gifts that they have to share with the world and helping them see it too. Um, It happened to me when I was very young and very insecure and didn't believe that I had the ability to do that many things. I had a boss and it ended up, I had three different bosses in a row that all, thank goodness, saw potential in me and helped me see it in myself. And I feel like I do that with people too. And when I meet an entrepreneur, I so often just see the vision of what they could do if they only had the resources they needed to make it happen. And that is why I'm so passionate about getting them the funding they need, because often I really do believe that's all they need. I don't necessarily believe they need some accelerator program or some like quote unquote smart investor on their board they know what they need to do. They know how to build the thing that they're dreaming of doing. They just need the money to make it happen. Yeah. That, that is such a, a powerful superpower to believe in people. It, 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 it makes such a difference for them. Can you think of a specific case, a specific example, whether you have to anonymize it or can share names? <laughs> can you think of a, a, a person that you where you saw this potential and helped them realize, accomplish, achieve something that maybe they didn't think they could do themselves? Yeah. I mean, I honestly, I feel like that happens with almost all of my clients. Um, they often come to me, um, you know, with sort of a small, and it varies, but many of them come to me with a bit, with kind of a small vision of, oh, I'd like to raise, you know, a few thousand to kind of get me to the next level. And then, you know, the more I talk to them, the more I realize that they have the ability to build something really meaningful. And I don't necessarily mean something global or national. It could even be something meaningful just within one neighborhood. Um, But they have the potential to make such a positive impact and we need them to do that. Our world needs these social entrepreneurs to be as successful as possible. So, um, 
you know, it's, I feel like little by little we talk and I, and I help them get a little bit more comfortable with a bigger vision and a bigger dream because I can really see it. And then they, you know, start to step into that. And I feel like that people did that for me when I was much younger. And so I love helping others do it. And I just feel like the more we can do that for each other, the more the world will benefit because uh, too many people who have so much to give to the world are afraid to put their gift out there and they, and they're afraid to ask for the support they need to be able to put it out there. Yeah. How would you coach someone else to develop your superpower, that ability to see other potential and help people achieve their potential? How would you coach someone like a dense middle-aged white guy yeah. like me, how would you coach someone to to learn to do what you do? Oh, that's an interesting question because I, I almost feel like it's either something that you just naturally do or you don't, but maybe I'm wrong about that. Um, maybe it is a lot of it could be um, finding examples of people who did kind of start from a very small place, a fearful place, and and were able, you know, with support and, and community surrounding them, were able to do something amazing and kind of looking for examples of that. Yeah. And maybe also, yeah. you know, help, finding someone who sees that in you, because I feel like part of the reason I am able to do it is because someone did it for me. So maybe that is another part of it, too, is yeah. Look around for people who can do it for you and then you'll start to do it for others and spread the spread the love. <laughs> That's brilliant. That's brilliant. Well, uh, Jenny, one of the things I am most excited about is Super Crowd 22 and you're going to be on the program. I'm so thrilled. You'll be there helping entrepreneurs and, and investors learn how to do crowdfunding better. Um, uh, Thank you very much for committing to be a part of the program. We're excited to have you. What what, uh, what excites you about participating in SuperCrowd 22? Yeah, well, I am just so excited about what's possible for the crowdfunding industry. Uh, you and I both serve on the Crowdfunding Professional Association Board, and we've seen so much interesting, you know, both positive and negative and mixed uh, results from this new law that is really hasn't been around for very long. But um, so many good things happening, so much potential. And so I'm just so thrilled that you're you're putting the effort in to create a, you know, a, a big gathering for everyone to get together and talk about, you know, where we are, what the potential is how to include more people in the success. So yeah, I, I'm very excited to have a, you know, a big event where the industry can get together and see what we can do to continue to make it better. Yeah, it, it is a, a phenomenal group of people that are coming together for this. And, you know, we're already seeing, and, and uh, you and Michelle see this every day, I think, but we're already seeing that crowdfunding is working better for many entrepreneurs than any other channel of or you know finance ecosystem right better than sba loans better than venture capital uh if you're a woman if you're a bipoc entrepreneur uh if you're a social entrepreneur and you've got a cause a lot of the systems for all these 
for traditional capital sources just don't work very well for you, but but crowdfunding does, doesn't it? It can. Like I said, unfortunately, we have seen some <laughs> examples always. where it doesn't. Um, I think when we pull together the right um, community of support and the right tools, it can be incredibly successful. And, you know, women and people of color are on average achieving their their goals more uh more than than the than the overall average. So that's really good news. But I do feel like we still need a lot more. Unfortunately, you know, I wish it was kind of this home run. I just I thought it would be. <laughs> yeah. And it's, you know, as usual, like we fight for something and then we realize like, oh, there's still more that we need to do. There's more we need to fight yeah. for. So we're it's a we would be bored otherwise, right? Yeah, so Super <laughs> if we Crowd had solved all the problems. <laughs> yeah. But I'm hoping Super Crowd 22 helps to address these challenges, right? By helping yes. both to train entrepreneurs, uh, introduce them to this marketplace in a way that they can see the potential, and then introducing more investors to the, the opportunity and helping them understand the process because it is remarkably easy. It is remarkably easy. Now, uh, I've done investments on a variety of platforms and I've never found one yet where the process of executing your investment takes more than five minutes. I mean, yeah. you can spend as much time as you want deciding, right? Research, but making the investment, it's its five minutes or less. And oftentimes if you're making a second investment on a platform, it's like three clicks. It's only yeah. barely more difficult than buying something on Amazon. And mm-hmm. so if we can help people understand how easy this can be, it can become uh, as addicting as shopping on Amazon. And I'm hoping yes. we'll see that. Uh, yes. we we got to grow that. Well, I agree. Uh, Jenny, thank you so much for being with us today. Before you go, will you take a minute and tell people how they can learn more about Casson uh, uh, Consulting? The, ca- the Casson Group. Kassin, so, yeah. That's the Casson Group. The Casson Group. I'm sorry. The casting group and and crowdfund Main Street and Angels of Main Street and Opportunity Main Street and anything else you want to talk about, including how people can get in touch with you. Yeah, so you know, if you go to JennyCasson.com, you can you know see a lot about what we do there. And if you are interested in Opportunity Main Street, either to learn more about the model or as a potential investor, go to OpportunityMainStreet.com. Fantastic. Well, Jenny, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today. We wish you every success in all that you're doing to make the world a better place for everybody. Thank you so much. All righty. Let's do some good. <laughs>